Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. Our scripture reading today is from Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year of King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings, with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they flew, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God indeed. Thank you, Diana. Good morning once again. We are so excited to have Gabby with us this morning to worship as well. So welcome, Gabby. It's good to see you. Congratulations once again. Let us go to God now in prayer. Almighty God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm Pastor Corey, one of the associates here at Orange, and we just want to welcome you once again. We are so grateful. If you are in person, welcome. If you are sipping your coffee at the beach, we are jealous, but we also are grateful that you are with us. But this morning, our scripture passage comes from the prophet Isaiah. And perhaps it's familiar to you, perhaps it's an unfamiliar passage to you, but we come to this story in the church year following the Sunday known as Pentecost. And last week, Pastor Adam shared with us the story of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes to rest upon the disciples, transforming them, sending them, sending them out to make now disciples. And Pastor Adam shared that there are ways that we witness and experience and participate in this transformation ourselves. He said it's through the listening to and learning from the apostles' teaching, through the uh, fellowship with one another in this body, through the breaking of bread, especially communion, and also through the practice of prayer. And those practices They aren't things we do once and move on. They are part of our continual participation. And whether we're conscious of it or not, those practices, they are 
reforming us. They are turning us toward being more like Christ, more in tune with who God is and what God is desiring from us as disciples, more aware or more clearly able to see the ways that God is present around us. These practices help us to know God more intimately. And as we begin to engage this walk, this life of discipleship, the spirit that came down like fire on Pentecost, it can begin to illuminate things for us. It can begin to disrupt things in our lives. Another way I like to say it is that the spirit can refrain things for us. And as we begin to look at this story from Isaiah, from chapter 6, we see what kind of disruption God's presence can have in our lives. We begin reading, as Diana did, that in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, this is a very, very sad time for Judah, an anxious time. You see, Judah didn't have the best track record with kings. Most did not possess the depth of love and obedience that King David had once modeled. But King Uzziah, who ruled for 50 years, he did have a few mishaps, but he was regarded as relatively a good king. He kept Judah stable. And so in this moment of mourning and transition, the prophet Isaiah experiences this encounter with God. And while King Uzziah had a pretty... relatively stable rule over Judah, things aren't going so great with the people of Judah, okay? In many ways, they've forgotten God. They've forgotten all that God has done for them. They've forgotten that God delivered them from slavery in Egypt, that God led them through the wilderness to the promised land, raised up a king for them like David. They have once again become self-consumed and sinful. And so the prophet, he's called from among the people, to remind them about God, to tell them all they've forgotten, to urge them to return to God, to repent, to remember, and to tell them that God is merciful, but also Isaiah implores God to indeed be merciful to his people. Isaiah is a prophet among the people. He loves them desperately, and he never sees himself outside or above them. He's a man whose life and purpose was reformed, reshaped, reframed by this encounter with the Almighty that we read about here in chapter 6. And Isaiah has this experience where he sees the Lord in grandeur probably beyond our comprehension. Seraphs appear, and seraphs are not precious moment angels. They are terrifying. If you see them in sculptures or anything, they have six wings, and they are praising God. They're repeating, holy, 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 much like we do in worship. But repetition in the Hebrew Bible, it evokes a sense of growing intensity and emphasis. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, this vision must have been overwhelming for Isaiah, who immediately confesses, I am a man of unclean lips. I am lost. And I am from a people of unclean lips. I am just like the, all the other Judeans. I am just like them yet, yet, yet. I have seen the King. I have seen the Lord of hosts. 
There's such a depth of humility in this moment. This encounter isn't earned through Isaiah's righteousness because it's only after Isaiah, who says, I am a man of unclean lips, sees the Lord of hosts that the seraphs come with that coal, that burning coal, to cleanse him, to blot out his sins, to forgive him. And in the midst of him witnessing God's grandeur and receiving that forgiveness and that pardon, he hears God's voice saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah hears that question and all the commentaries I've studied say that it's probably a fair assessment to assume no one else is around. Uh, So Isaiah has to assume it's him. And I imagine him looking around saying, here am I? Send me. I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips, and yet for some reason, I have seen God's glory. And now everything is different. There is no unseeing. There is no going back to the life I knew before. Am I suddenly made perfect? Certainly not. But is my life transformed? Is my purpose altered? Is my life somehow reframed and reformed? Absolutely. There is no going back for Isaiah. He cannot unsee this grandeur, the power of God at work. And we may be thinking this is quite a call story for the most prolific and impactful prophet of the Old Testament. But can't we find ourselves in the story too? I can. I look back on my life and choices made and think, this is crazy. Along the way, I got a glimpse of God's glory, being absolutely no different than anyone around me, sinful, broken, self-consumed, but I got a glimpse of God's glory. I saw the Holy Spirit at work, and now I can't escape the pursuit of believing that God's purposes are way more important than my own. And I want to be part of that kingdom story. I don't always get it right, but I want to be a part of it. Here I am. Send me. Sometimes those words feel completely foreign coming out of my mouth. What am I getting myself into? And we may be thinking, well, that makes sense for you, Pastor Corey, or for Pastor Adam. You're called to ministry. I would say, sure, that call It may seem more definable as an occupation, but that call doesn't end or begin at an office or the church. Here I am, Lord, send me. That work follows us. That call follows us into our work and into our communities and into our very families. When we see God's glory, when we experience God's presence, if we open ourselves to it, something takes a hold of our heart. Something compels us to even hesitantly say, okay, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send me to the lab. Send me to the office. Send me to the shelter. Send me to the construction site. Send me to the classroom. Send me to the exam room. Send me to the playroom. Send me where you will send me. And the difference now is, God, I will go for you. I will go for you. And the world may not always be able to see it, but we know it. 
our lives, our work, our families, they all become intertwined, framed by our discipleship. And everything we do is shaped now by this call, by this encounter with God. We become a people of vocation, of doing God's work wherever we find ourselves. We become a people sent to be disciples, to remind the world with our words. Sure, yes, occasionally. But most importantly and most definitely with our actions, with our compassion, with our love, our patience, our generosity, our gentleness, our forgiveness. We live in such a way that people might just wonder, well, who sent them? And if we are fortunate enough to be asked that question, we can tell them. Pointing to the gospel passage assigned to us this morning from uh, John in chapter 3. Well, the one who loved the world enough to lose his life to save it. Jesus sends us. And Jesus doesn't send just some of us. Jesus sends all of us. And when we feel like we don't have a place in that mission, I want you to ask God to open your eyes to see the glory that's being revealed around and within us. Frederick Beekner is a very well-known Christian teacher, and he often talks about call and vocation. And he says that our call is where our deep gladness and the world's deep need meet. It's where our deep gladness and the world's deep need meet. That is your call. That is your vocation. That is where you are being sent. So if you are an accountant, be a sent accountant. And if you're a teacher, be a sent teacher. If you're an artist, be a sent artist. If you're a nurse, be a sent nurse. If you're a stay-at-home parent, be a sent stay-at-home parent. If you're a pastor, Lord, be a sent pastor. What difference does Jesus make in our lives? What difference does an encounter with God make in how we live? All the difference. All the difference. When we receive that gift of God's grace made available to us because of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we glimpse God's majesty. We glimpse God's grandeur. And we receive that call like Isaiah to go be transformed in this world so that others might see Jesus in us and so that others might be transformed and hear that voice. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? May we all, no matter where we are going, respond. Here I am. Send me. Send me. Let us pray. Life looms ahead of us, huge and uncertain. In the confusion, we must listen for the voice of God. Who can hear the voice of God calling? Here I am. Send me. And the expectations of our friends feel so overwhelming luring us to make choices for our own comfort? Who can focus on the call to serve God? Here I am. Send me. 
hunger, greed, hopelessness prevail in our world, making it difficult to believe that God still dances? Who can speak good news in the face of evil? Here I am. Send me. Our voice seems so small against the misery we hear. Wars and famines and abuse seem dominant. Who can be heard above the crying? Here I am, Lord. Send me. The world is waiting to hear the promise of God, a life of justice, peace, and love for all of God's children. Who will choose this life with God? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.